I'm Nadell, and I want to welcome you to Beyond the Booty podcast. I have a passion to see women thrive and take control of our health, our hearts, our identity, and our life. This podcast will focus on identity, relationships, faith, health, and so much more. It will be a place where women are encouraged to discover our worth and empowers us to thrive whole and healed in a society that celebrates brokenness. I'm so happy you've joined the conversation. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. I have a couple of special guests that I am so excited to introduce to you. Um, We are continuing our Practical Faith series. And if you didn't listen to the last one we did, we started with part one, Hearing from God. And today we are going to continue our Practical Faith series talking about how to pray. Um, And I have two special guests, like I said, two people that are really important to me that I know have a very strong prayer life that I personally pray with and have had a huge impact on my faith walk and vice versa. So I'm so excited to have them here. I have Russell McMahon. Russ is, uh, some of you know, my boyfriend, uh, we're dating. And the reason I wanted Russ on this podcast is because Number one, he brings a male perspective. And I wanted a male perspective on the podcast, but also someone that has been walking with the Lord for about a year. Um, you guys have had a lot of experience to some people I've spoken with, and even myself, where we have a longer faith walk. So I really wanted to introduce you to someone that has a really impactful prayer life and walk with God that has been walking with him in a little bit of a shorter time. And then Christina is one of my really good friends, and she's just an incredible woman of God that also just has so many giftings, um, one of them being a prophetic gift where she hears very clearly from God for other people. And I'm sure she'll get into some of that. But Christina uh, and I connected about a year ago, and our friendship has just been incredible and really based on praying together. So I really wanted to have the two of them on because they bring such unique experiences. And I think you guys are going to really be in for a treat on this conversation. What we're going to cover today is what is prayer? What does it look like? And then what does it really accomplish? So really allowing you guys to take tips on what a prayer life looks like and how you can start to incorporate it into your day so that you are living a powerful, powerful Christian walk. So Without further ado, uh, I'm going to actually start with Russ. Russ, if you can kind of just give us a little bit of background on your personal testimony um, and how you came to know the Lord. Uh, Well, that started with a conversation that you and I had. And following that conversation, I, I started thinking again because I had gone to Catholic churches when I was younger. And it just wasn't something that I had connected with. And after our conversation, I I looked up a Christian church and had an entirely different view on it. The pastor of that church was giving a message about forgiveness. And it really spoke to me specifically in in relationship to my sister-in-law, who I had been harboring some feelings towards that I needed to remove from my life. And after that, it was just kind of one thing after another where I met up with a friend of mine at the gym the following morning. 
And she had delivered the same message to me that I had gotten from the pastor. And then it just kept going little things like that. And I was in, I was, I was finding out more about it. Yeah. Thank you. So you, you kind of touched a little bit on the fact that God started speaking to you. So we just did a podcast about hearing from God. And I think, you know, sometimes people think, do I have to have a very long walk with God before I start hearing from him? Can you share a little bit about when you started hearing from God? Uh, I likened it to playing a song on your headphones, but taking your headphones out of your ears where the song is always playing. It's, it's constant, but if you're not listening, you're not going to hear it. So as soon as I opened up to hearing what, what he was saying, I, I kept hearing little things all the time. It was constant. It was this, it was that. It was a person that would speak to me. It was a message that would speak to me. It was something I would read or somebody close to me that I had never even talked to about God before. Thank you. And then, Christina, I'm going to ask you the same question because um, I want you to share you know, a little bit about your personal testimony and what your faith walk looks like and how you came to know God. So thank you for having me on this call. I think it's so special to hear a man's perspective on his own faith walk and where he, he resides in his conversations with God. So that's super refreshing. My personal testimony really starts off with when I was 18. I think I was, I'm a ferocious reader and I, I'll give you some insight. I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan, where it was predominantly a Muslim community. So it was really just shy of a camel in sand. Um, it was just everywhere was Middle Eastern. Um, and then when I went to college in New York, I was surrounded by a multitude of different ethnicities. And so that really started this whole conversation in my heart and in my mind about who God was, um, what God looked like, and how can I really develop this relationship with this you know, exterior being. I'm also an artist, so I really feel like just being connected with God comes in so many different facets and forms. Um, so I just found that there was different ways to connect with God. When did you come to more of a relationship with Christ, or was that always a part of your life growing up? I think I really loved Russ's analogy about the headphones and music always playing. And then unless you put it in, you're really kind of in tune. I think I was always talking to God in, in different forms, but I didn't really recognize that it was God until I was much older. I think my conversations with God really started developing about seven years ago when I really delved into the Bible and I would have, you know, devotionals and com conversations in my car. You know, there's little things that God kind of sends messages through people, things that kind of are being reinforced when you're reading biblical verse and someone sends that same verse to you, or you're really kind of praying about something and someone just out of the blue starts talking to you about kind of an answer to that prayer. So I would say about seven years ago. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, the one thing I want to dive into with both of you before we kind of continue on with what your personal prayer life looks like is I always want to make sure that everything that we're talking about and everything that we're suggesting is biblical. 
Um, I think that's really important for our listeners to know that what we're discussing is actually coming from the Bible and really giving people an insight into, you know, did Jesus pray? Did other people pray? And then are we called to pray? And what, you know, what should that look like? So Russ, I'm going to ask you, because Russ has a gift of knowledge, just so everyone knows. He's he's really um, humble about this. But like I said, he's been on this walk for less than a year, and he's my go-to for everything Bible because he reads something and it connects for him instantly. So he has this gift of what we call a gift of knowledge, where he really connects the Bible very, very quickly, um, which is incredible. Um, but Russ... In terms of what the Bible talks about with Jesus, did he pray? Did others pray in the Bible? And can you give us a little bit of a basis for that? Yes, yes. Actually, there are 25 unique mentions of Jesus praying in the New Testament alone. And oftentimes, when you have something that's repetitive in there, it means that it's very important. So you can you can assume that prayer is extremely important in the Bible. So those 25 unique instances of him praying, that's just in the New Testament. The Old Testament, every single book, every major person that they're talking about, there there's a prayer somewhere in that book. And it's always before a big event happens or when there's pain or struggle or anything. It, it's, yeah, it's biblical. Um, Paul mentions many times in his in his books that you're supposed to pray continually, pray for everything, pray for everyone, pray for strength, pray for growth. He repeats it over and over and over. He really drives that point home. Like you said, every single figure in the Bible from Hannah to David to Paul are consistently praying. Do you notice, Russ, that there is a way that they pray? Is there a specific thing that they're praying? Is it scripted? Or, you know, are they kind of all having just their own unique conversations? Well, there's kind of a structure to some of the bigger prayers that are in there, like Nehemiah, Job, like these prayers are structured a certain way. They're they're honoring God. They're bringing their problems to God. They're bringing their mistakes and seeking forgiveness. And then they're talking about why they're praying, what they're looking for. Let me go rebuild the wall. Let me go help my friends. Let me go save my people. It's kind of structured like that throughout all of those major prayers that are presented in the Bible. Thank you for that. Christina, you started to touch upon a little bit, um, you know, how you hear from God, how you sort of pray. Can you go into a little bit more detail on what your personal prayer life looks like and what is prayer to you? I absolutely love that question. It's really ironic that both of you, I'm having this podcast with the two of you because I know you had mentioned in the beginning that I have the gift of prophecy. I don't share that with people because, um, it's just something that I really kind of keep close to my heart and vest um, to be utilized as a vessel for God is amazing. But I will say that your relationship is something between you and Russ has been something that was really strong on my heart to, to push for and to have you have an open mind towards. I think prayer to me is, is really what Thessalonians, first Thessalonians says, which is praise ceaselessly. 
And that doesn't mean you're continually praying constantly all day long, but in your heart and through your actions, you are praying. So I think it's really important to put that in context in that if you're singing, even in the book of Psalms with David, he's writing poetry to God. That's a form of prayer. Um, having praise music is another form of prayer. Being delved in the word or delving into the word through devotional is a form of prayer. Helping someone on the street that's homeless or abandoned, that's a form of prayer. Prayer comes in so many different forms, but it is ultimately a conversation that you build like any relationship in your life. It takes time to cultivate and it takes time to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is that gut feeling that something that stirs within you that tells you a direction to go. And you know, when you're not doing the right thing, it it feels wrong. So it's a lot of it, a lot of people place it as instinct or gut, but really, truly, that is God's way of speaking with you. You talked you know, a little bit about your heart and your actions are prayer, and I love that. It's really about how you're living your life. It's not necessarily about something scripted and you're sitting there, although we often see images of like people on their knees with their hands together, um, that prayer can look like that. Some people love the action of that because it's a posture of just you know humility and coming before God, and that's beautiful, but it's also throughout your day. Um, when do you feel most connected to God? What is your personal prayer life consist of for you? Yeah. To answer the first part of your question, it's about being vulnerable there. I've been divorced for 10 years. There, there's been moments where I'm on the bathroom floor crying and that's my prayer Mm -hmm. to God. Um, there's been moments where I am elated with something in my life and that's my prayer form of God. It, what I'm trying to say is that it fluctuates and it really does depend on where you are in your life and what season you are in your life. Through COVID-19, I think my my prayer has been a little bit waning because I am a single mom with three kids. So it's a little bit more difficult to find that downtime. But I will say in those moments, I definitely feel like something's missing when I'm not kind of in the word and I'm not, I'm not praying my day-to-day would be just mornings, uh, reading a scripture and meditating on that. And what I mean by meditating is just really thinking about it and internalizing what that means. And then, of course, before I sleep, I really try to be have a grateful heart and m- kind of try to re-meditate on the verse that I started off in the morning. Um, I love what you said about sometimes it's just crying out to God. Some of my most impactful prayers have been, God help. <laughs> Or not speaking at all and letting like the tears of just your heart and what's happening um, be what speaks for you. Because God knows what our heart needs and what our prayers are um, anyway. And sometimes you can't form the words, but it's just like you said, it's what's happening throughout your day and it fluctuates and you know, there's times where you may not be able to pray like other times, and that's okay. Um, it's really about a heart stance. Russ, I, I want to ask. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. I just want to, what I say to my boys, and I think this is super important for new people praying and knowing how to talk to God and have that prayer relationship, is talk to him like he's your best friend. I mean, be real, be honest. The long lofty prayers are not appealing to God. If you're talking to him from your heart and you're vulnerable, that's a really genuine genuine way to connect with him. Mm, that's beautiful. And Russ, 
What does your personal prayer life look like? You and I pray together every single day, um, but you know, kind of talk about what that looks like for you and how you connect with God through your prayer. My prayers are, I, I don't have periods where I'll sit for very, very long times in prayer. My prayers are throughout the day. I'm constantly talking to God, constantly bringing him the things that are bothering me, the things that are irritating me, the things that I don't understand, that I have questions about, my doubts. It's just this real back and forth conversation that I have with him, much like what Christina was talking about. The only way to really pray, in my opinion, is to be real with God, whatever the situation is. If you're blaming him for something, if you're doubting him on something, if you're doubting yourself, whatever it is, you always can bring it to him. And and that's kind of what I do. And I do it throughout the day. It can be when I'm reading scripture in the morning. Like you said, we pray at night before we go to bed. I pray throughout the day while I'm walking or running or whatever I'm doing. My prayer life is kind of all over the place, but I bring everything to him. I love that. I heard someone one time saying, I wish I can quote them because um, I would love to quote whoever said this, but I don't remember who said it. Um, But she said she starts her conversation with God in the morning when she first wakes up and she doesn't say amen. And the reason for that is because when you say amen, it closes the conversation and she wants to continue to talk to him all day long. So it's exactly what you guys are saying. It's it's this constant just awareness that God is close and that we have access to him and that he talks and we can talk and it's not scripted and we don't have to sit there and you know have our legs folded or any specific way to do it. It's really about God saying, bring everything to me. Christina, you brought up, you know, first Thessalonians 5, 17, 18, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. He's really inviting us to invite him into every aspect of our life. And um, and I think that's an important point to bring up because sometimes people are like, well, I don't know any memorized prayers. And what you guys are saying is that's not what it is. And that's everything in the Bible also says. That's not what prayer looks like. So I think we go ahead, Russ. I was going to say, if if you go through and you look at the different prayers in the Bible, you will see that they are all very, very real. Even Jesus's prayers are very real and raw. They're coming from the heart. They're not scripted. They're not ritualistic. They're not anything but God help me with this. Help me understand this. And that's kind of the way it should be. I think that's yeah. a very powerful point that Russ is making because right before his crucifixion on on the cross, he went to Academy to go and pray. And it was a very, very painful, raw prayer. So he wanted to be on your knees and, and be real with him, like Russ said. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Russ, I want you to talk a little bit about, um, because when you first came to know Christ and gave your life to Christ and became baptized, Christina and I were actually praying for you on the side. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we, and he knows about this. We've told him all about it, but Christina and I were lifting Russ up as he was encountering God in the early stages of our relationship 
Um, and the things we were praying about were literally coming true the next day. We'd pray about something and then he'd get revelation. So God was answering our prayers so real time. It was unbelievable. It was a blessing for Christina and I, as well as Russ. But um, I just want you to talk a little bit, Russ, about any examples of answered prayer in your life and, you know, kind of what that does for your faith. Oof. Um, there's, there's a lot of examples. I, I have a lot of small examples where I ask a question about something and then I get an answer to it. Um, usually in, in the beginning, it was all about my doubt. I had doubts about creation. I had doubts about this. I had doubts about that. And I would ask these questions and then I would get an answer usually within a day or so. Um, the, the creation one was the first time that I had kind of really had a uh, specific prayer answered because I couldn't wrap my head around it. And, and the person that I talked to the, the following day explained to me that just because you have a certain view of time doesn't mean that that's God's view of time. And that just clicked for me. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, boy. That that's like an answer prayer and it really builds your faith up and it builds it up quickly. Um, the most impactful prayer that I've ever had answered was a super short, super small prayer towards the end of a church service where I just asked God to help me and, and work in me. And he did. He, the events that followed that were massively life-changing they were humbling they put me in a place where I got super close to God we had super deep intense conversations back and forth and it it's really got me where I am today yeah how do you specifically hear from God you talked a lot about you know some of your prayers were answered I know one of them was answered through a friend that sort of confirmed what you were praying for how else do you specifically hear from God uh, through, through reading the Bible, that's been the number one place where my answers come from. I will ask a question the following day, later that day, when I'm reading, I'll be taken to the, the part that answers the question. It, it, it's incredible. I don't know how else to explain it. Why do you think that is? I have my own theory, but why do you think that is why, how you hear from God? Because that's... I mean, that's just what I'm receptive to. Like, he knows how to reach me. He knows what's going to resonate with me. He knows where I'm going to be the most connected to him. And it's going to be through reading. Yeah. So Russ is a big reader. And if you guys listened to the last podcast of How to Hear from God, we talked a lot about the fact that God knows how to reach you. He's not cookie cutter. He's not going to try to talk to you in ways that don't make sense to you. Russ is an avid reader. So is Christina. I always say I'm dating the male version of my really good friend, <laughs> um, but sh they are avid readers and they're very logical. And so Russ gets a lot of his um, conversation with God directly in the Bible uh, whereas, you know, I'm more like visionary dreams. And that doesn't mean that's the only way he talks to him. But I think that's an important point to make that God knows how to reach you. If you're open to the concept of having communion with God, 
He knows how to talk to you. So Christina, I'm going to go to you with kind of the same uh, question. And I know you've had years and years of answered prayers um, and maybe even some unanswered prayers. But if you want to share sort of a few of the answered prayers in your life, any examples that you want to give that would be really helpful in this conversation? Yeah. So I have had about 22 years of my walk with Christ. I think for me, what I've recognized, my life happens in threes. So anytime I hear things in threes, whether it's the same message, I'm like, okay, I get it. This is from God. So it's a repeated message. The other thing that I've recognized over the course of my life is that closed doors are probably even more impactful as answers to your prayer than the open ones. So what I mean by that is when I want something so badly and God is just shutting it down, he's just not letting it happen. That's a way that God is affirming something to me. No matter how much, I'm a very persistent person. I'm in sales, so it works well for me in that category. But in my life, I can always kind of beat something down to, to like it's pulp before I can get the answer and God just shuts it down. So God has a very unique way of answering. The other thing that I've recognized over my life is to keep a prayer-filled journal. So anytime God has really honored his promises, and what I mean by that, the more you delve into the Bible, you'll find more and more promises that he, he tells you as his child that you're going to be receiving. When he fulfills that promise, I actually put it in my journal. And it's always great to go back when you're kind of a little bit depleted with your faith and you really need that jolt to be reminded of that. And that goes from taking me out of a borderline situation of full-on bankruptcy to job loss, where I, I really never even thought that I could get a job after a first interview, promotions, crazy things around my children, healing, restoration through friends and family. Um, all those things I, I chronicle because I really want to be reminded about how much he does answer my prayers. And also for the things that he shuts down. If I, Looking back on the things that he closed down and shut down, I'm so thankful for in retrospect. I love that. I talk about that a lot, that closed doors are just as important as open doors, because if we got and if we got a yes to everything we prayed in our limited understanding, we would truly be in a bad spot. <laughs> so I completely agree with you that some closed doors are absolutely necessary because God is sovereign and he knows the beginning from the end. And a lot of times we think, well, why isn't God answering my prayers? Does he not hear me? But we don't, what we may not understand is that may not be in line with the purpose for your life that might do more damage to you. Um, you know, but kind of diving into that, Russ, you know, why do you think some prayers are not answered? It's just like you said, it, you could be asking for something that's more harmful than it is good for you. You could be asking for things for the wrong reasons, you know, your, your motives can be off. Uh, in the book of James, they, they say that you ask and you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. If you're selfishly praying for things, um, a lot of times the answer is going to be no. You're not asking for the, for the right reasons. You have to really have the right heart for the things that you're asking for. And if you don't, yeah, you're going to get a no. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that's pretty much spot on. It's not in line with God's will or character. It's not always, you know, in line with what we what God's purpose is and what he ultimately wants for our life because what he wants is usually much better than what we could have even imagined. And so it's really about having that trust that if God says no, he has something much better for us. So one of the things I wanted to talk with you guys about, um, because, you know, we talk so much about God knows everything and he already knows the desires of our hearts. And obviously God knows our thoughts and everything else. But if he already knows all of our needs and he already knows what we're going to ask before we even ask it, why do we need to pray? And Christina, I'm going to go to you with this one. If you have any insight on why do we need to pray if God already knows? God wants us to be so close to him. And I didn't really understand this concept concept until I became a parent. We know what's right for our children. We know where the harmful things are in their way, touching the hot stove, if you will. But he wants us to be in close relationship with him. And I really want to go back to that point, too, about sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers. And why is that? I think, and it kind of branches to what you're asking, we don't know the bigger picture. He's the director and he sees everything. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And sometimes things like death that happen in our lives or things that are so painful that we ask for and pray for don't come to fruition. We don't know the bigger picture to that. So, yeah, I think. I don't really have an answer other than what Job went to God with and him saying, listen, he had this whole monologue about how you really don't know everything and nor can you know everything. So, yeah. Russ, I want you to kind of answer the same question. If he already knows our need, why, why do we need to pray? And I struggled with this for a while because when my husband, Matt, passed away from cancer and we had been praying for years and years and years for his healing. And then he passed away. And I went through a period where I really thought if God's will is, and and I was skewed in the way I was thinking, but that's for another podcast. But I was thinking if God's will is going to come to pass anyway, is it necessary to pray? Um, And God has since answered that question and given me revelation and clarity around it. Um, But I think it's an important question because Life doesn't always look like you said, Christina, life doesn't always look like we think it should or how we planned it. Um, You know, we make plans and then God has other plans. And so, um, Russ, I want you to kind of go into um, why do we need to pray if he already knows? So if you're looking at prayer through a lens of trying to add things to your life, then you can kind of end up in that spot where you're like, well, why do I even pray if he already knows what's going to happen? But the prayer is is your relationship with God. It's a conversation with God. You get to vent directly to the creator of the universe. Prayer isn't just about asking for things. Prayer is about giving things up. Prayer is about talking. Prayer is about questions. Prayer is about doubts. It's more than just asking for stuff. So yes, he knows what's going to happen, but like any, any 
father-son, father-daughter relationship, it's about so much more than the things that you give to your child. It's about your child talking to you just when they just need you to listen, right? So you're having problem with a relationship. You just need an ear. God is always that ear. You can always go to him with stuff like that. And then just like any other father-daughter, father-son relationship, you can also ask for things. Sometimes they're going to say no because it's, it's not what's good for you or it's not right or it's not the time is off or whatever it is. But if you keep asking for something, you know, you don't know. You, you might just get it. If it's important to you and you keep asking, he's going to listen. But if it's something that's way off the path, I mean, I would say the answer is going to be no. Like a Bentley. Like a Bentley. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to pray for a Bentley. That's just silly. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can, yes. <laughs> okay, you can. I would advise against it. I would. Fo- I focus a lot of my prayers on on asking for help growing, growing spiritually, growing as a man, growing as a human, growing as a friend, growing as a partner. I pray a lot for knowledge and understanding more so than I pray for Bentley's. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And some people, you know, they do pray for stuff as well. But man, you made so many rich points. And prayer isn't just about asking for things. It's really about that surrender and about opening the lines of communication where you're not just speaking to God and asking for things, but hearing from God as well. Well, and being real in those prayers. Like if you're mad at God, tell God that you're mad at him. There's a a psalm, Psalm 73, written by Asaph, where he's letting it all out. He's angry. He's he's like, why do I continue to follow you and I get nothing? Why is my heart pure and I get nothing but trouble on this world? And he's talking about the other people around him who are successful and sinning and and all of this stuff until you know towards the end of it, he comes to the realization after he visits the temple that God has a plan for those people too. Everything is going to be fine. Ooh, that's good. That's really, really good because so many of us are real time going through that exact thing (laughs) of why is that happening for other people? I mean, that's just a constant conversation, I think, in so many people's houses. Absolutely. I think everybody should read that Psalm, Psalm 73. It's the best in there because it's super real. Everybody likes to read the the happier ones, the, the ones for strength and stuff like that. That's a perfect example of somebody letting it out with God. Yeah, That's what your prayer life should look like. If you're struggling with adult problems, if you have R-rated problems, you should not be sending up PG-rated prayers. Ooh, Christina. <laughs> I'm bringing you into this. Um, Preach. That is amazing. Yeah. I was like, preach Russ. Um, No, Russ, I'm telling you, he has this gift. I mean, we all have gifts. It's incredible. But just to see what God has done with Russ in such a short time um, has been just an absolute blessing for me to watch. I'm, I'm just in awe of God and what he does in each of our lives so uniquely. It's just so beautiful. 
Um, but Christina, I want to ask you because I know you're real and, and you, you know, you are being a little quiet over there, but I know that there's moments where, and you kind of talked about this, it's really just about being real into the ebb and flow and you're a single mom and there's moments where, you know, it may look different, your prayer life than others, but do you have that same experience where it's like, be as raw and honest with God and what has been your experience with that? Yeah, you can't escape from God. You might, <laughs> you, might, you, might, you might as well just be real because he knows who you are and he knows the character and he knows, he knows the condition of your heart. And I also really strongly believe in not putting God in a box because there have been moments in my life, multiple moments in my life where he has exceedingly and abundantly blessed me more than I can ever ask for, think, or imagine. That's one of my favorite prayers. It's in Ephesians. And I truly believe the second you start putting limitations on God is when you really are limiting his powers in your life. You have to allow him to come into every aspect of your life. I'm not just a Sunday Christian. I'm a 24 hour, seven days a week Christian. And what that looks like is I am not perfect, nor will I ever pretend to be perfect. I have multiple flaws. I have walked a very, as you said, ebb and flow life. I think the more genuine and real and honest you are with yourself and you are with God, he is able to come in and really transform you. I am a really big I'm a visual person. I'm an artist, as I had said. There's a, a bowl called Kitsaki bowls, and they are purposefully broken by Japanese artists. And what they do is they fill the cracks with gold. And that is just the highlight where the radiance and light can come through. And that's where God wants you most. When you're broken, when you're in pain, go to him. That's where the light resonates. And that's where the light can really touch you and transform your life. But unless you're genuine, you're not going to go through that transformation. And I'm talking about, talk about the nuts and bolts with God, that every day, day in and out, your frustrations, there's moments where I yelled at God. I was super angry with God. I even stepped away from my faith for a good couple of years, but he was always chasing me down and you cannot escape him. I'm just going to stress that in so many different ways. He's always going to come after you and not in a stalking way, but in a loving, kind way. He's never going to forsake you or abandon you. And that took me a long time to recognize and know. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That is, I, I've had the same exact experience where it's, it's really getting to that place where you surrender, where God can start really working on you. If you continue to think, you know, I just need to have these like perfect little prayers, like God can see through all of that. And he wants a real raw relationship with you where he can really start to give you some of those things like wisdom and, and you know, building out your character and all of those amazing things that come from this walk. Do you guys see why I picked these two powerhouses? They're so amazing um, and they've been so influential in my life. But Russ, is there anything else you want to share? I just feel like we've given people so much to kind of take away um, and really just painting a picture of what a authentic prayer life looks like. But is there anything else you want to add before we kind of close out? Keep it real with him. You know, let it out. Be yourself. 
there's there's no reason to change the way you talk when you're talking to God. Mm. That doesn't mean be disrespectful, but you can be yourself. You can be a person. You can be angry. You can be mad. You can even blame him. But be real with your prayers. Yeah, absolutely. And I've experienced that too. I mean, I, Christina knows, and I've written about that, anyone that's been following me for any amount of time. I mean, there's been times where I I told God to leave me alone and go pick someone else. And I just wanted to float through life. And like Christina so beautifully painted, he was right there waiting when I finally came to my senses and really was chasing me down and whispering the whole time for me to come back um, to the light away from the darkness that I was running into. But he's just such a good father. Christina, I'm going to let you close, my friend. Um, If there is anything else uh, you want to add, I just uh, so appreciate everything that you guys have have given everyone. Yeah, I want to give all the praise and glory to God because this is such an incredible thing that you're doing. And I love how your life is evolving and unfolding at all. And Ross is too. So it's just such an inspiring thing just to see how God works through both of your lives and what you're doing. I think the first step is, because I'm a very tactile person. Okay, so what do I do now? Download the Bible app and type in any word that you're going through, whether that's fear, anxiety, sadness, loneliness, whatever it is that you feel. They give you prayer plans to go through devotionals and start there, start small. It could be very overwhelming if you're going to just take a book and open it up. But if you start with a devotional, it really will start speaking to you in another level in another way. So that's my my recommendation. Other than that, I second what Russ said, just be honest. If your form of method is writing something down in a journal, cry your eyes out. I would kind of ear away from the disrespectful part because I've been disrespectful to God. (laughs) So I'm just saying be a thousand percent real with where you are in your life and God will meet you there. And I think that is an amazing place to end. And thank you guys so much for just being so raw and so real and so vulnerable with your stories. Um, I think this is going to impact so many people to know that, like you both said, just be real, be authentic and start communicating with God like you would anyone else. So thank you, Russ. Thank you, Christina. 